Greetings and welcome to the Mount Calvary Nation podcast hosted by Mount Calvary Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio, where our pastor is the Reverend S.N. Winston Jr. We thank you for joining us and hope that this episode blesses you. Unto the Lord. Psalms 48 says, Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised in the city of our God and the mountain of his holiness. Great is the Lord, and he's greatly to be praised in the city of our God and the mountain of his holiness. Come on, open up your mouth and give him glory. I said, Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised in the city of our God and the mountain of his holiness. Great is the Lord. And greatly to be praised. Come on, open, stand up, stand up. He's here. Open up your mouth. Great is the Lord, and He's greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of His holiness. Great is the Lord. Great is the Lord. Great is the Lord, and He's greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of His holiness. So open up your mouth, cause we're in the city. We're in the city of His holiness. Yes, the city of His holiness. Hallelujah. He's worthy to be praised. So let your praise match His greatness. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah to your God. He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Great is the Lord. Lord, you're great and mighty. 
Lord, you're great and mighty. We thank you for the breath that's in our bodies. It's your breath that's in our lungs. We've come to pour out our praise to him today. Amen. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise, we pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise, we pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise to you, oh. Your breath in our lungs, we pour. Your breath in our lungs, we pour. We pour our praise to you, Lord. Your breath in our lungs, we pour. We pour our praise to you, Lord. Your breath in our lungs. Our lungs, so we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. In our lungs, so we pour. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour. We pour out our praise. So we come Oh! 
We pour out our praise, it's your breath in our love, in our love. So we pour, so we pour out our praise to you, Lord. It's your breath, it's your breath. So we say, all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will say, praise are you, Lord. One more time, say, all the earth will shout. Our hearts will cry. These bones will say, great. some kind of praise what a mighty God we serve what an awesome God we serve grace to you peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ blessed be God who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus and then seated us in heavenly places in close proximity to those blessings we are grateful just to be here you may be seated
What a mighty God we serve. Let me welcome you, those who are here in the sanctuary and those uh, who are worshiping with us virtually. Uh, again, the majority of the, of the worshipers today are with us virtually, and we're grateful for those uh, who are the e-congregation, grateful for the technology that the Lord has allowed, and for the people behind the technology that, uh, that allow us to worship together. Let me make just a few observations uh, just to remind you again, uh, registration for next Sunday service will open tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock a.m. Just go to the website. It's easier than you think. If you haven't done it yet, uh, click on the link, uh, fill out your info, and and come on to service if you feel comfortable. Uh, Brother Sean and his team... Uh, spend time and energy in uh, in sanitizing everything, and uh, and so that we're coming into clean worship space. And after we leave it, they clean and sanitize uh, with uh, all sorts of solutions and and uh, nifty machines. It is uh, between that and the process that the ushers and Kingdom Force has and the deacons has. Uh, it's safe to be here. If you feel comfortable, listen, if you have a medical condition, though, you're under doctor's care, uh, use wisdom. But uh, but we can we've got room for you here in the sanctuary if you want to be here. Uh, I would that you would keep several of our families in your prayer. Um, Keep Deacon McIntosh in your prayer, would you? He is having surgery tomorrow morning uh, at Miami Valley Hospital. Also, uh, Sister Betty Joseph. Her brother passed in Steubenville. Uh, Sam Stevenson, that is um, Trish Stevenson who grew up here. That's They live down in Dallas. Sam's uh, mother passed, Trish's mother-in-law passed this week. Please keep them in your prayers. Also, I got a call from Ms. Deborah Million, and uh, her mother is transitioning. Uh, and, and we would, that you would pray for uh, her mother and for her and the entire family. Uh, Cassandra Ford, I got a call from her. I talked to her this week, and they've had some not so great news uh, about her mother, and uh, I would that you would keep her mom and and, uh, Miss Cassandra and her brothers and sisters, all of them, keep them in your prayers. Would you do that? Uh, One of our high school seniors, Kingston Collins, that is uh, Ms. Marisha Collins and Brother Brett Collins, their daughter. She's a senior at Dunbar. They're not here today, are they? Oh, she's at Belmont. Sorry. I apologize. Uh, she's a senior at Belmont. If you see her, if you see her on Facebook, uh, give her a shout out. She took first place in the 4x4 four four yesterday. And, uh, and those ladies came in third overall. I also got a message that she has decided the die has been cast she is going to be a Wittenberg Tiger this fall. She's going to go to Wittenberg University. Congratulations, Miss Kingston. Um, good Reverend, uh, Reverend Herman Jackson, happy birthday, sir. Good to see you back in town. Good to see you back with us. Uh, our consecration, our time of fasting and prayer starts tonight at, uh, at sundown. Um, I, have, I have said... Would you please pray and ask the Lord 
from what food you should abstain. Um, ask him what food you should, should abstain from. Uh, let me explain. I say uh, again, uh, we don't fast from sin, right? Anything that's sinful, we're not supposed to be doing in the first place. So, so you can't fast from sin. Um, <laughs> concerning sin, we stop, right? Uh, but fasting, biblical fasting, always involves food of some sort. Biblical fasting always involves food of some sort. So I'm, I am asking, uh, not that you'd give up television or internet or, you know, if you want to add that to it, fine. But, uh, but ask the Lord what food you should abstain from that will help us to get our flesh under control. Uh, that will help us to tell our flesh, be quiet, I'm listening for God's voice. We are going to start this evening. Uh, at sundown and we will fast for 21 days we will break fast on the 23rd of may on your for those of you who are here in the sanctuary on your way out of the sanctuary uh the ushers will have a uh, a journal for you a consecration journal 21 day consecration journal called becoming who we are becoming who we are and, uh, and it, it just gives a scripture each of the 21 days and gives some space for you to jot uh, what that scripture is saying to you and then for you to jot down uh, your prayer in regards to that scripture. Uh, they'll give it to you on your way out. If you are at home, if you're bringing your offering up or if you want to come, if you're coming to get your communion elements or if you just want to come by, uh, you can come by the church and the deacons will have them in the parking lot after church those uh, consecration journals. If you don't want to come here, you don't have to. Uh, one of the miracles of technology is we were able to get it online. It is on the website. Uh, if you go to the church's website, www.mountcalvarychurch.life, you can print your own consecration journal out for yourself, and you don't have to come up here and get it. Um, last thing about that is, uh, I would that, well, two, two last things. One, that you would ask your doctor if you're under doctor's care, uh, advise him or her what we are planning on doing and, uh, and just get their sign off on it. Last thing, uh, keep it simple. Keep it simple. If, um, if you're worrying more about the food than about the spiritual uh, about the spiritual aspect, then you're making it over, you're overcomplicating it. All right. Keep it simple. The point is not to make God hear us. Fasting doesn't make God hear us, but fasting lines us up with what God is saying. We are doing this leading up to Holy Convocation, Pentecost Sunday, that's May 23rd. Uh, my wife reminded me that there are those who are new to Mount Calvary who aren't sure what convocation is. Um, and each year, the week leading up to Pentecost Sunday, the whole of the Mount Calvary family, the whole congregation comes together for worship, for fellowship, and for instruction. We come together, we celebrate where we have been and where we're going. We get vision, uh, God's vision for God's house. And, uh, and it is, it is the time that we, uh, that we all come together. This year we'll come together in person and virtually. Uh, but nonetheless, everybody who calls themselves part of Mount Calvary will come together May 19th. That's a Wednesday night through the 23rd. That is on Sunday morning where I will give the state of the church address. 
I think that's all that I've got in my folder here. Uh, Miss Valerie and the ensemble are coming back, and then we are going to head to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. God bless you. Oh, yeah. 
grateful this morning come on tell them thank you I want to thank you for your love thank you for your power for protection thank you Jesus I want to thank you for your love Chapter 4. 1 John. Chapter 4. We're going to begin reading at verse 7. I'm reading from the King James Version of the Holy Bible today. And here's what it says Beloved, let us love one another, 
For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Verses 7 through 11 of 1 John chapter 4. If you have, you may be seated. Thank you. If you have been following along with us here in the Mount Calvary Nation, we have been talking about and studying what it means to be the church. Since the beginning of 2020, we have been looking at who we are in Christ, what the Bible says about us as His church, what the Word says about His people. Over time, I am afraid that we, that what we consider church, what church looks like, has gotten further and further away from what Jesus had in mind when he said, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so we are looking at the church that Jesus built. And about a year ago, we started walking through the book of Acts, looking at the early church. And as I have stated over the last few Sundays, we will prayerfully get back. We will resume our study of Acts in a few short weeks. But right now, we are on what I call a love detour. For the past couple of Sundays, we have been in the book of 1 John, where the beloved apostle is engaging us, enlightening us, and encouraging us to love one another as we are loved. And what an important conversation this is. You see, this whole faith walk, listen to me, this whole Christianity thing, this whole church thing can really be boiled down to love. God's love for us and our love for others. As a matter of fact, I would argue that the entire Bible, the whole Word of God, is nothing but a love story. A 66-book love letter from a holy God to a messed up world. I could shout right there. As a matter of fact, when one of the Pharisees, an expert in the law, asked Jesus, he was trying to test him over in Matthew chapter 22, he said, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus himself replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment, and the second one is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Everything else hinges on these. Love. 
And so my brothers and sisters, we cannot have a legitimate conversation about church without a deeper conversation about love. We cannot become the church that Jesus built without an understanding of love. Not, listen, not the touchy-feely, uh, mushy-gushy, emotional love that the world thinks is love. Not the European romantic definition of love handed down to us from fairy tales and old movies. Not the funny, fickle, failing love of modern society. This love we're talking about is not about an emotion. It is about a decision. It's not based on butterflies in the stomach. It's a commitment. It is a decision to sacrifice on behalf of somebody else. A love without strings attached. A love that is not contingent on whether or not love is returned. A love that is without condition. A love that looks beyond faults to meet the need. And I pray that this detour is not lost on us because we can't be the church that Jesus built without love. Even if we speak in the tongues of men and of angels, if we don't have love, it's like sounding brass, tinkling cymbals. Even if we prophesy and can tell all mysteries, if we don't have love, we are nothing. The world won't know us by our building. The world won't recognize us by the way we do church, not by our dancing, not by our shouting, not by our singing, not by our music, not even by our preaching. Jesus said, this is the way the world will know you're my disciples, by the way you love. And so with that in mind, we return to the book of 1 John. And if you'll give me some time, I want to preach from a simple subject today. Here it is, beloved. Beloved. There are three movements in this text that I want to point out and we'll head right to celebrate the Lord's Supper. First of all, John points out, number one, the call to love. The call to love. You heard it read from the King James Version of the Holy Bible. Beloved, let us love. Stop right there. Beloved, let us love. Let me put it another way. Those who are loved, love. Those who have received love, give it. Those who are the beneficiaries of love, let us love one another. There is a reciprocity here, a response to something that we have experienced. I believe that we talked a bit about that word beloved last week. Uh, it literally means those who are dear, favored ones, ones worthy of love. And I have news for us. Are you ready for this? That's all of us. And if I can borrow from the words of Pastor John Jackson Jr., I know I'm right about it. Listen, I'm going to refer to John 3.16 several times today, but the Apostle John told us, God so loved the world. That is inclusive. That's everybody without exception. We have all benefited from the unlimited, uninhibited, unconditional love of God. He intentionally loves us. He chose to love us even when we were unlovable. And I do have a sneaking suspicion that there are some folks in this sanctuary right now, that there are some people watching online right now 
who will be honest and say that there have been some times in all of our lives when we were not the most lovable people. There have been some times when God loved us in spite of us. Sometimes when he said go right and we looked right and then went left. There have been some times when we knew that we were acting out of his will, when we knew that we were being contrary and cantankerous and conniving and disobedient and disorderly and God just kept loving us anyhow. Is there anybody who is grateful that God didn't wait for you to love him back before he started loving you? Is there anybody glad that he didn't wait for me to get my act together for him to start loving me? The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us to demonstrate how much he loved us. <laughs> John says here, everybody who has benefited from that love, from this unconditional love, this unfathomable love, this uninhibited love, this inclusive love, this impressive love, everybody who has benefited from that love ought to love one another. But why, John? Here it is. Because this kind of love, this unconditional, unfathomable, un uninhibited, inclusive love comes from God. That brings us to our second stopping point. I'm almost done. Not only does John give us the call of love, number one, but secondly, he illuminates the cause of love. The cause of love. It's here in the text. Here it is. Love comes from God. Now let me be quick to qualify this because when we read this in the text we have to remember that John is being specific here. This is not a mushy romantic goose pimple here today gone tomorrow love that he's referring to, right? This is not a Western European concept of an, of an emotional high that John is referring to. No, this is agape. This is unconditional love. This is unwavering love. This is uninhibited love. This is inclusive love. And John says that kind of love comes from God. It originates in him. It starts with him. It flows from him. And check out what John says. Everyone who loves like that has been born of God and knows God. Oh my. Did you hear that church? Everybody who loves agape has been born of God and knows God. Everybody who chooses this agape type of love has been born again. Born of his spirit. Reborn. And knows God. That is, that word know, it is gnosko in the original text. That is to know by experience. Did you hear that? The test of whether or not, because... We got it, we got it, we got it wrong, we got it wrong. The test of whether or not we know God is not how long and loud we pray. The test of whether or not we know God, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, my apostolic brothers and sisters, the, the test of whether or not we're born again is not whether we speak in tongues. It is not how good we sing. The test is not even how many Bible verses we know. 
It is not how good we preach. It is not how hard we shout. It is not even how many demons we can cast out. It is not how often we're in church. It is not how much money we give. The test of whether or not we've been born of God and know Him is how we love. As a matter of fact, John gets real bold and says in verse 8, Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Hold on, John. Wait a minute, sir. You have you've said a mouthful here. God is love. This is a description of the very essence of God, the very being of God, the essential nature of God. God is love. Now, this simple phrase refers to his makeup, not just his character. He didn't say God is loving. He said God is love. It's his character, not his core. Uh, Pardon me, it's not his character. It's his core. It is his substance. God is is love. Please understand there are other scriptures and words that describe his character, right? God is merciful. That's his character. God is good. That's his character. God is gracious. That's his character. God is forgiving. That's his character. God is holy. That's his character. God is righteous. That's his character. God is just. That's his character. God is pure. That's his character. God is long-suffering. That's his character. Those all speak to the character of God. Those are all adjectives describing his character. But John here tells about his makeup, his essence, his nature. He said, God is noun love. How then can we be in God and not have love? It's kind of like when I get ready to make my world famous chicken I put it in salt water with some secret herbs and spices for about 12 hours or so because when I take the chicken out of the brine the chicken because the brine was salty the chicken can't help but taste like what it was in You put something in sugar, you take it out, and it'll taste sweet. Why? Because if you're in something, your flavor is going to be like what you were in. And if God is love, then the flavor of the church, come on, help me, somebody, ought to be love. John says, you can't, you can't be in God and not have love because God is love. If we are the people of God, we are necessarily the people of love. If we are the temple of God, we are necessarily the temple of love. 
if we are the church of God, we are necessarily the church of love because God is love. We see the need and meet the need because God is love. We loose the chains of injustice because God is love. We share our food with the hungry because God is love. We clothe the naked because God is love. We forgive each other because God is love. We ought to be patient and kind because God is love. We don't envy or boast because God is love. We don't dis honor others because God is love. We are not self-seeking because God is love. We are not easily angered because God is love. We don't keep a record of wrongs because God is love. We don't delight in evil but we rejoice in the truth because God is love. He is the root of love, the origin of love, the cause of love. Verse 9 says, this is how God showed it. This is how God showed his love among us. We've seen the call of love. We've seen the cause of love. Let's talk a little bit about the capacity of love and we'll, get, we'll go on. The capacity of love. He sent his one and only son, his begotten, his only begotten son in the world that we might live through Saints, that's the good news of the gospel. To the one who knows God already and has been walking with him for a long time, it's just a welcome reminder. To the newborn babe in Christ, it is an exciting revelation. To the one who doesn't know God yet through Jesus Christ, it is a remarkable declaration of hope that you too can be saved. This is basically a restatement. Remember this, the same John who wrote John chapter 3 verse 16. This is a, a restatement of what he wrote in his gospel when he recorded Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus. Y'all remember chapter 3 of John verse 16. It's one of the very first scriptures that you learned. For God so loved the world that he gave. Somebody needs to shout thank you Jesus right there. This is how God showed love. He gave. I've heard it said that you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten, his unique, one-of-a-kind son, Jesus Christ, that whosoever. Now, have you caught that? God loved the world. So that whosoever, that, brothers and sisters, is the capacity of love. That's the, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, that's, that's the capacity. I, I was reminded when I was reading this and flitting back and forth between 1 John 4 and John chapter 3, 16, I was reminded of what we've had to go through lately uh, and, and that is in this in the wake of this coronavirus thing, uh, we, we've had to do something that we've never done before and that is set a capacity to the number of people who get to come in the house to worship, but I've got news for you today, the love of God has not reached full capacity, there is still room for whoever. 
Your socioeconomic status doesn't matter. Your gender doesn't matter. Your race doesn't matter. Whosoever, even with the skeletons in your closet, whosoever, even with your sin issues, whosoever, whosoever, whosoever believes, Dr. Gardner C. Taylor, he used to say, I'm not bold enough to come behind God and put a qualifier on whosoever. There is no qualifier here. His love is for whosoever's like me. I would that you would take out your phone, put it in the chat, put it in the, message it to somebody and say his love is for whosoever's like me. Because somebody in here can testify that I was wicked, but I'm a whosoever. I was a fornicator, but I'm a whosoever. I was an idolater, but I'm a whosoever. I was an adulterer, but I'm a whosoever. I was effeminate, but I'm a whosoever. I was an abuser, but I'm a whosoever. I was a thief, but I'm a whosoever. I was a drunkard, but I'm a whosoever. I was a liar, but I'm a whosoever. God loved me anyway. He loved me in my mess so that he could love me out of my mess. He loved me messed up so that he could give me his message I am a, is there anybody into the sound of my voice right now who's glad that you are a whosoever? We put rules on the church that God didn't put on the church. We put rules on his love that God never put on his love. We say God can love anybody but them. We say God can love anybody but that kind. We say that kind better not come up in here. Why not? You are whosoever. Why can't the rest of the whosoever's come on in? Let me close. I wish I could preach this like I feel it. Can I have a flat please? John said, this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. Oh, I feel God. And he sent his son as the propitiation for our sins, as the sacrifice to take away our sins, as the payment in full for our sin. That's how much God loves me I know you can't touch anybody I don't even want you to look in anybody's direction look at the person sitting in your seat and tap yourself on your own leg and say I am so glad that Jesus loves me I am so glad Y'all didn't say it like I did. Say, I am so glad that Jesus loves me. I'm so glad he paid the price in full for my sins. That's how much God loves me. He paid for my past sins. He paid for my present sins. He paid for any future sins. That's how much God loves me.
He paid it all by himself because there was nobody else qualified to take care of my sin problem. Nobody else could do it. So he wrapped himself in human flesh, stepped out of eternity and into Mary's womb. He was born of a virgin. He lived among men. He healed the sick, opened blinded eyes, unstopped deaf ears, raised the dead, cleansed the lepers, and when the time was right, he gave himself to be crucified on Calvary's hill. He was sacrificed for my sins and for your sins. I like the way the old preachers used to say it. He died. Didn't he die? On a hill called Calvary until the sun blacked out, until the moon dripped in blood. He died that we might live through him and with his blood Jesus paid it all that's why all to him I owe sin had left a crimson stain but he washed it he washed it white as snow I like the way my mother-in-law used to sing it God could have chosen could never love again. Fallen man could have gone his way and died in his sin. But God in his compassion said, I'll pay redemption's price. So he took on the form of man and became the perfect sacrifice. I like the way Lanny Wolf wrote it. He said, if riches could have paid the debt, then certainly God could have sold all the walls of Jasper. He could have sold the streets of gold. But he knew that the price of Sam's lost soul was more than wealth could buy. And if redemption were ever bought, only love could satisfy. What are you trying to say? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, that's anybody, that's everybody without exception, the straight people and the gay people, the rich people and the poor people, the black people and the white people, everybody that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe on him should not perish but have everlasting life did you hear me whoever believes on him should not perish I'll never die I'll never die I'll never die, I'll never die, I'll never die. Oh, I might slip out, I may slip out of this earth suit, but I'll never die, 
I may lay it down, but I'll never die because I believe and I have everlasting life. Glory. Hallelujah. That's the capacity of love. You're not too dirty. You haven't gone too far. You haven't been gone too long. If you're breathing, you have an opportunity to accept his love. That's the capacity of love. I know you get tired of me saying it, but I was sinking deep in sin far from the peaceful shore. Very deeply stained within, sinking the rise no more. But the master of the sea, he heard my despairing cry. And from the waters, he lifted me, now safe, now safe, now love lifted me, love lifted me when nothing else could end. couldn't lift me your judgment couldn't lift me guilt couldn't lift me only love uh-huh. only love and so he says verse 11 dear friends he done set us up gets us all excited about what Jesus has done and then set us up for verse 11. Dear friends, since God loved us like that, can I give it to you in Winston translation? What's your problem? Since God loved you like that, you ought to love others. God help. I don't write this stuff, I just report it. He said, Dear friends, favored ones, ones who have received his love, since God loved you like that. Give out what you've been given. Wherever you are, shout, Lord, help me.
That's a lot. That's a lot. This is uh, this is a lot. This is <clears throat> this is deep water in that I believe if we will grab a hold of what the Lord is saying to us about his church and love in his church then we can really reach the world right then even if they call us hypocrites they won't have any ground to stand on because we can't stop what people call us but we don't have to give them any fuel for it. Now, there's always test after the message. And so, may the Lord protect us, first of all, and remind us of what his word says so that when we're called on, when we leave here, some of, some of you, before you get off the campus, when you get in the car, when we're called on to show the kind of love that we've been given, may the Holy Spirit bring to our remembrance what the Lord has said to us today. Especially considering that we're about to celebrate the great love that he showed for us on Calvary. Before we do that, is there anyone who's in the room who, first of all, is not sure that you're saved? Um, I don't know how I could put it any clearer. God loved you so much that he gave his unique, one-of-a-kind son, Jesus Christ, to die in our place so that who all you got to do is believe on him, just accept the love that, that he's showing for you. Anybody who's not sure, everybody's going to spend eternity somewhere, but you can know that you're going to spend yours with Jesus Christ. Bible says, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. Everybody in this room right now knows that you're saved. You all know where you're going to spend eternity. You know that you are saved through Jesus Christ. All right, if there are those who are watching, if you're not sure you're saved, listen, we can't promise you an easy walk, but it's worth it. Knowing there is nothing better than knowing Jesus, nothing at all. If you're not sure you're saved, send us a, send us a, a note, send us a message, put it in the chat, something, and somebody will contact you. We'll walk you through it. It's simple. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead. The Bible says you shall be saved. But we don't want you to go another day without knowing that you're saved. That's the first call. Second call is this. Maybe you're saved already, but you know the Lord wants you in this part of his body as part of the Mount Calvary family. If that's you, if you're in here, would you raise your hand? God bless you. 
God bless you. Um, somebody will come to you right after service. If you just hold, stay right there. Good. Uh, if there's anybody at home, put it in the chat. Send us a message. If you, you're saved already, but you know the Lord wants you here in this part of his family, in the Mount Calvary family, then just let us know. Nobody happens by here. We need you and you need us. And, uh, and we're going to treat you like the gift that you are. All right. Um, who is, uh, who is Ms. Wortham? Are you? Okay, good. So uh, right here, right after service. Good. She'll just stay there. She'll come to you. Thank you. Good. Let's get ready to celebrate the Lord's Supper. Brother Kerf needs elements there. Anybody else who needs? Uh, Deacon McClure's got it. Brother Gibson, thank you. All right. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread gave thanks, blessed it, broke it, gave it to his disciples and said, this bread is my body given for you. Now take and eat all of it. in the same manner after supper he took the cup he gave thanks and gave it to his disciples and said this cup is the new testament in my blood shed for the remission for the payment of sins now take and drink all of it and thank God for Jesus Christ what an awesome savior we serve Don't forget to pick up your 21-day consecration journal uh, on your way out the door. Minister Johnson is going to come and give us our benediction. And then, if you would, just stay in your seats for just a moment after that. Um, Mount Media, did you all get, y'all ready? All right. After that, Mount Media has a short 61-second uh, uh, video that they're going to show you. And, uh, and then the ushers and Mount Media will dismiss us. Come on, uh, Minister Johnson. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the Lord our Savior, the glory, majesty, dominion, and onion, honor,
house here. Mount Calvary Missionary Baptist Church's Holy Convocation 2021. May 19th through May 23rd in the Mount Calvary Church Sanctuary located on 3375 Pastor S.N. Winston Sr. Way in the Gem City of Dayton, Ohio. With special guest pastor J. Amard Ellis on Wednesday, May 19th. Thursday, May 20th at 7 p.m. Pastor Cedric Veal of Cleveland, Ohio. And for a special service for youth and young adults on Friday, May 21st at 7 p.m., Pastor Ronnie McFarland of Brickstown, Kentucky. And featuring the State of the Church Address on Sunday, May 23rd at 10.30 a.m. from our own Pastor S.N. Winston, Jr. All worship services will be both in-person and live-streamed. You may register for convocation at www.mountcalvarychurch.life or just call the church office at 937 937- 268-6737. Join us as we strive to become the church that Jesus built.